Like, I know that all my clients, like, even Miranda, you know, she has her own skincare line. So she's obviously very invested in her skin and her look. And even when I do her makeup, she's almost walking towards me already applying creams and she has a gua sha tool firming her skin and then sits in my chair then I kind of almost do it again, you know, with my... Pro- so it's not like she does wake up and put a bit of concealer on and walk out the door. Like, it, it, it is a commitment. You are listening to Your Brilliant Career. I'm your host, Gillian Fox, executive coach, women's career expert, and entrepreneur. The podcast that teaches you how to get the most out of your career. We talk tactics, tools, and stories that all help incredible women like you achieve the success you deserve. If you want to learn more about how to create the brilliant career you've always wanted, I encourage you to check out the RISE program. It's my four-month career development program. Through a combination of individual executive coaching sessions and group workshops, you'll discover how to overcome obstacles, create opportunities and reach new heights in your career. Only a few months ago, I was getting ready to go into town to present to a group of 40 leaders. Now, what no one knew that day was that I was having a flat morning. That's right. One of those days where you just kind of fixate on not feeling great about things. Now, these moments can feel awful. And that morning, well, I just kept thinking, do I really have to stand in front of all these people today and present? (laughs) I just didn't feel up to it. But here's the thing. My strategy for overcoming the flat day, the flat moment is to amp up my style find the outfit and then take time to do my makeup. I want to transform how I feel about myself. And I do. For me, that process of frocking up and doing my face, it's fun. It's creative. And it actually does boost my confidence. I know from working with thousands of women that they have flat days too and ugly days. In fact, did you know that it is scientifically proven that women have pretty and ugly days. How tragic is that? But that's the truth. And I know the women that I work with, they want to feel great about the way they look. And why not? Because in their mind, and yes, I know beauty is subjective, but in their mind, it elevates them. It makes them feel good professionally. It boosts their self-esteem. And this is why (laughs) today we have the fabulous Michael Brown joining us. There is no one better in Australia to talk to us about amping up our beauty and style than Michael. He is a celebrity makeup artist. He is experienced as a TV presenter. He's worked backstage. He's invited to work with some of the biggest media brands in the world. He co-hosts a successful podcast called Skinfluence. He frequently works with a lot of high-profile celebrities and business people. And the part that I really love, he understands women and what makes them feel great. Michael has done my makeup on a few occasions. I know, lucky me. And it has been so much fun and it's been transformational. So today we're going to explore all things beauty and makeup, how you can get a glowing look, why dressing for the job counts and so much more. It's going to be great fun. So let's dive in. (laughs) 
Well, Michael, welcome. It is such a pleasure to have you here in my lounge room today, which I imagine is a bit different than the Nova Studios. <laughs> Thank you. It's a beautiful lounge room, so thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I was so looking forward to this chat because yeah. I love makeup. And (laughs) you are very stylish, so I know it's going to be a great chat. But let's start from the beginning because you grew up in WA where you were a dancer. Yeah, that was a big part of my life growing up. So is that what you thought the path would be? Like, what did success look like for you all oh, those years ago? Yeah, dancing. Well, I started dancing at four. Apparently my mum saw me always in the lounge room. If, if any TV ad came on or, you know, some kind of tune came on the television, I was always turning around and dancing around. So she's like, maybe he needs to go to dancing. So she put me in, like, ballroom dancing, but, like, the social kind of classes. You know, you're four years old, so you're not exactly waltzing around and doing a tango. But <laughs> it, was, it was really fun and it taught me a lot of poise and how to hold yourself and obviously then you start doing partner work and you know slowly over the years you grow into a full-blown you know competition mode and that kind of stuff oh, Wow! and then from the ballroom I was kind of really into like jazz and stuff from like film clips and stuff that I was watching probably around the 10 years old when you start actually noticing what like a film clip is and you know the 80s and stuff some of those film clips were awesome you know the Michael Jacksons and the Madonnas and all that stuff yeah so dancing was huge but it wasn't really until I got into the ballet side of dancing that really got me into that professional mindset because ballet is pretty intense yeah and even as a 12-year-old doing it, they treat you like you're an adult, like I was doing competitions, exams, rehearsing for hours. And that's when one day a uh, makeup artist came into our ballet studio to teach the girls how to do stage makeup. Because when you're about 12, 13, you start doing a bit more Steadfords and, you know, concerts and even performances around WA, actually. We did a few of those. And they did the, you know, the liquid liners and how to make the eyes bigger and don't forget your eye makeup has to be big enough to reach that person in the last row of the yeah. theatre. And they said, Michael, you were dismissed this afternoon. And I was like, oh, what, what, what's going on? They said, oh, the girls are getting a makeup lesson. I said, oh, I'd, I'd love to stay for that. <laughs> I think I was 14. And that's kind of when I was properly introduced to makeup. So the dancing kind of helped the makeup journey, really. Yeah, well, it makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? They're kind of interlinked. Yeah. But clearly you were seduced <laughs> nice and early. Yeah, yeah. And then I started actually doing all the girls' makeup for all the Estedfords and everything. They would line up for me to do their fake lashes and liquid liners. <laughs> like, you're better than us. Can you do ours? And I'm like, oh, my God, there's like ten of you. So <laughs> it kind of happened like that, yeah. <laughs> well, today you're this wonderful celebrity makeup artist and I'm always... <laughs> kind of starstruck by the people that have lined up to sit in your little makeup chair and I'm going to do some name dropping here yeah. Michael. <laughs> okay. So we've had Miranda Kerr, Jennifer Hawkins, the beautiful Giselle Buchen, mm. Julie Epinoche, Jasmine Lebon, Yasmin, I should say Lebon, the 80s gorgeous, gorgeous, Delta Goodrum, yeah. so many more. So, uh, <laughs> A few good names in there. So many good names in there, yeah. you know, and beautiful women. What is it like working so closely with the stars? Like, you know, how yeah. different is the experience from sitting with someone who isn't a celebrity? <laughs> <laughs> well, after um, high school, because I went to like a performing arts high school because of all the ballet and everything like that, um, I started working in, 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 you know, retail cosmetics. So I worked in WA at all the Maya, David Jones, pharmacies. Back in my day, uh, we didn't have the likes of Mecca and Sephora and those fabulous things. We I only didn't had- know how 
how we survived. Monday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I only had, uh, yeah, the real full-on department stores. And back then they were very different, you know, huge events. There'd be stages in the middle of the store and do big beauty events. So I already was kind of used to, and also being a dancer, I was very confident with people and kind of confident anyway because you kind of have to be on stage. But being on these little mini podiums in a department store with your microphone on, kind of spruiking and talking cosmetics and trying to recruit women to sit down and get a makeup, either touch up or a full makeup. I feel like I'm good at the chat and I'm quite good at. <laughs> no quite, kid. And, and quite good at talking to people and kind of reading body language because you, yes. you would, in a retail setting, get yes. a woman that you could tell they wanted the makeup. Like, but they but didn't awkward. want to sit in front of a depot, you know, whole department yes. store. So you. You do change your kind of demeanour and the wording to really reassure them. Then you get the loud ones. They're like, oh, yes, you know, get me a new eye makeup and da-da-da. So then you'd be loud again for them. So I think it's all about reading the room with those kind of people. Some of them are absolutely you know, amazing energy and they just want to have fun. But some of them have literally just got off like a massive flight from international and they want quiet time and makeup is their quiet time. So you do have to really read that because I love a chat and, and you can kind of tell. And I think that's the best advice I can give is when you are working with someone that is a bit of a high profile, even if they're not a celebrity, but they could be high profile in their industry or like a corporate client that I've had over the years as well. Some of the makeup lessons are, sorry, the makeup sessions are like four, 5am, read the room. If they don't want to chat, don't force it. Just let them go, you know? And I think I was good at that, always reading their their energy. Yeah, yeah, very smart. I mean, yeah. the same thing applies in business, right? Yeah, that that's true. sort of agility that you bring to a joining the dots and, yeah. and reading the situation. I don't know if you know this about me, but when I was at uni, I had a gig at the Christian Dior counter. Oh, really? Okay. At David Jones. And I loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was, yeah. But talking about reading the room, one of the things that I learned pretty quickly is when a man came up on a Saturday and he would look terrible in his old boardies <laughs> and shorts, yeah. but he was an exec. Yeah. You know, he just wasn't frocked up in yes, his normal yes. gear. And I knew pretty quickly they wanted to be served very quickly mm -hmm. and they spent heaps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, I, I, I also learnt very quickly do not judge a customer by what they're wearing, even any, you know, jewellery or handbags and that kind of stuff because, honestly, in my full-on retail days in WA, some of my biggest sales were from people that I thought were not going to buy a thing. You would go up to them and, you know, I was very customer service driven and always gave a smile and said, you know, do you need any help or I see you're looking at eyeshadows, do you wear eyeshadow? I was always very conversational, which was great for sales. And sometimes i like, oh, this lady, she's going to be great. You know, I'll get us to sit down and she'll probably spend a lot, and I'll, you know. <laughs> and sometimes the ones you'd think would absolutely be like, do you have any samples? I'm like, oh, okay. And then the ones in like tracksuits and that kind of stuff, you find out later on, they're actually quite high profile in WA. Yes. Um, and they would spend hundreds. And I'm like, wow. So, yeah, yeah never, never know. Never, never make know. the early judgment You call. just don't know who they are, <laughs> what mood they're in. And I actually loved the retail. It, it kind of reminded me of being on stage. I'd kind of treat it like it was a performance. Yeah, I'd, I'd rock up at Maya, you go through the staff entrance, which, is, which was like a backstage. You'd sign in, you'd put your stuff down, you'd get onto the cosmetic floor, there's music there's lights, there's people, and I'd almost feel like I was on stage. And that's how I treated it, like a performance. And I loved it. Well, that's probably served you very well, Michael, because when I think of you and how well you've done in your career, 
I feel like you're this lovely combination of great front man, spokesman, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? I, I, you can get up with confidence and do that, which a lot of people can't. Yeah. And also talented makeup artist. Uh, so you've you've had this really interesting career of TV yeah. and endorsing products and now you have this fabulous podcast, Skin Influence, yes. which I'm loving. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yes. absolutely loving it. It's so good if you're a beauty We have lots of fun. Like me. You do have lots <laughs> yeah, of fun. It's we good. love fun. Well, beauty is fun, so you've got to have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. But what do you think, like thinking about your career, because lots of makeup artists would love to have your career. Mm. They really would. What do you <laughs> think has enabled that success? I think the ability to just be yourself. I like don't, don't try and be someone else. I remember when I was on the cosmetic floor in my day, there wasn't many men around. So I was very lucky in a way that I was always a bit more memorable because of that because when you go to those counters, there's so many women there and I found it quite funny that they'd always go, oh, that that guy that was here last week, Michael, and then you ask them, oh, uh, you know, who did you make up? you know, last time, they're like, oh, that girl, you know, that girl. I'm like, oh, God, there's like a thousand girls here. You know, so that was lucky that I had that as a guy. I was memorable. But there was also another guy that worked at Chanel and I was always jealous of him because his sales were very good. (laughs) Mine were okay. This is when I first started. But then I was like, what, like, what's he doing? So I kind of watched him, but I wasn't trying to like copy him because I feel like don't copy other people and these days of social media that's a, that's the biggest thing people tr- see something and go I'm going to copy that and it's already been done or they're not being their true self and I think you've got to do that but you, you can watch from afar and observe and take notes but then make it your own yeah. do you know what I mean and that's what I've always kind of done is you know use bits and pieces that I've learnt I've seen maybe I've seen on TV or movies or now social media and make it your own you know and then make it a, that little bit different Um, But I've always been a good networker and I do really think that comes from my dance background because I was young, well, I was a male, I was always dancing with older people. So I kind of grew up fast because there wasn't many males around. So to do all the big shows and events, they needed a guy in the routine to, you know, lift the girls up and do all the um, partner work. Yeah, so yeah. I was like 15 years old, dancing with 18-year-old girls sometimes. So I was yeah, wow. very... That's a lot of lifting. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And I, and I was growing up quite quickly. And I think that really helped me mature as well. Yes. You know, and one of my bosses at L'Oreal always said to me as well, it's always been in the back of my head when I first started at L'Oreal, always dress for the job you want, not the one you have. Yeah, how interesting. Yesterday I interviewed someone and she said... Not only do that, but dress for your boss's boss. Oh, yeah. I thought, well, that's aspirational, isn't it? There well, you go, taking it up, elevating it even further. Because I was a makeup artist, you know, we, we are quite casual because most, most makeup artists, I would say, do, you know, they go to someone's home. So it's not like they're getting dressed up to go out. They can be quite casual. Then when you're on set, if you do makeup artistry for like movies, film, TV, I did a TV show recently and you have to wear black all day, every day. So it's black jeans, black t shirts because you've got to, you know, uh, kind of blend into the background in case you're seen. And then in my world, when I do work with a bit more high profile people, you, you might dress a little bit more, but you still don't really dress up. So when I started working in L'Oreal's office, in the head office, mm-hmm. 
I was wearing, like, jeans and, like, a, you know, short sleeve collared shirt most days. Like, it was quite casual for a corporate office. Yes. Even though it was L'Oreal, it's fun, it's makeup. I was still... And she's like, you need to stop wearing jeans. You need to get a nice business shirt and you need to start wearing, you know, proper chinos or pants or whatever because even though you're makeup, you're still around other people. And if you want to go further in this company... Wow. You've got to think about your future that way. And I was like, oh, I'd never thought of that. So then... From then on, I always wore like a full collared shirt, proper pants, proper dress shoes. And then later in my L'Oreal career, as my training roles got bigger, I was wearing ties and everything. So, yeah. Well, you love clothes, Yes. And that actually got my love for fashion working at L'Oreal because you've got to think what you're wearing every day. Yes. (laughs) Because you go into an office, you know. Yes. And meetings of clients and, yeah, it was great. Well, I think style is very important. I know it's not everyone's thing and, you know, people could say makeup is not their thing as well. Mm. But I observe it and I absolutely love it and I think it as humans we're very judgmental yeah well you know <laughs> so first impressions you know, very yeah, much so yeah. I think there's a piece of data that says in the first seven seconds we make 11 decisions about someone yeah I've heard that before yeah and that that is very true because even with makeup like that whenever I meet a uh, woman out or a girl out the first thing you know when they say oh what do you do and I say oh I work in makeup the first thing they say oh don't look at my makeup. What's my makeup doing? Is mine wrong? Oh my god! And they they stress out, and I'm like, I'm not even look like you. You observe you. I'm off duty. I'm not studying your face when I first meet you. Like it's more about you as a person and your energy or your overall kind of look, not like individual. Oh, your eye makeup's a bit. You know, like it's all about the the, the overall image. So that so that includes fashion. If you want a boost of inspiration during the week, join us on Instagram. Just head to Gillian Fox Group. This is where I share tips, post stories to motivate you, reveal behind the scenes moments and more. It's a happy place to be. So come and join us. What have you learnt about women like doing their faces and you've done all sorts of <laughs> people over the years? Like yeah. what 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 are women looking for? What makes them feel good, Michael? Do you know the, the best thing I love about that question is no matter who I've worked on, whether it was when I was in the retail, you know, working on, you know, people from all ages, all walks of life and all different skin conditions, I would say, in retail because you, you see everything. Then now going into more celebrity, fashion, models type of thing, anyone has some kind of a concern or an area on their face that is not what they would love... Yeah. Um, everyone gets a breakout. Everyone has pigmentation. You know, even some supermodels that I worked on, the first thing they said to me was, oh, make sure you cover that area there because that's my bad side or that's my pigmentation or I've got a breakout there or a scar there. You know, so no matter who you are, we all don't like something on our face. Yeah. So don't don't think, oh, look at those beautiful women in magazines or a, or a billboard or on social media because they all have the same feelings that anyone feels, you know. And I've had that from being people in my chair for years and I think just women are just wanting to just feel good you know not not necessarily made over and to look different and that's not my makeup style either like I don't I don't plaster makeup on and you know cover everything and not you know not a freckle in sight that's not my kind of makeup style but everyone just wants to just feel good I think so too. Feel fresh. Well, you talk about the realistic look. Like that's one of the things that you're known for, getting that beautiful base, which I absolutely love, particularly as someone a little bit older because, you know, my day of the metallic eye and <laughs> contouring is gone. Yeah. 
What are your tips around that? Because yeah. foundation is really tricky and some women love to wear a lot of makeup. Mm-hmm. Even just recently, you know, with COVID the last two years, no travel, obviously, and I went to Europe um, in June like everyone else. And I, you know, once again, I was looking around, especially in Paris and those kind of places going, wow, Australians really wear a lot of foundation. Like, not much, like, the, the eye makeups and stuff are, are quite similar when you travel around the world, but I, I, I look at Australian women in general going, a lot of heavy foundations, heavy concealing, um, and I don't think we kind of need that. I don't know whether it's because we, I don't know, we've told that we need to have good skin. I don't know what it is. But my aesthetic, I would say, in makeup artistry that I've been known for or, or you know, media have noticed this or even my celeb clients, like Jacinta Franklin I work with a lot, um, everyone always says to me, oh, Jacinta's skin is so beautiful. How do you do that? And I'm like, well, it's obviously <laughs> she has great skin. She's very good at her skincare. And that's, and that's just what it, what it is, is skin prep. Before any makeup, I definitely don't just slap it on. And I get so funny when I watch other makeup artists work sometimes who just sometimes use this small little cream, put a primer on that's hardly anything and put foundation on. I use a hydrating essence or maybe a mist and then I use a serum then I massage it in and then I might use an eye roller to kind of cool underneath the eye and get rid of puffiness and then I use a cream and then I use a primer and then I might use foundation. You know what I mean? Skin prep is really important and more so as we age and it might take you uh, you know five minutes longer but your makeup will look so much fresher it won't go into lines and it will last longer too so it's actually beneficial people to spend that extra time skin prepping because you don't use as much um you know foundation so what what would be like for a pre-work regime because a lot of our listeners are professional women and time is yeah yeah, time is the essence like i I get it when you're going to something super special you can play and linger a little bit longer but if you're going to work what would be the key prep pieces before you hit that foundation bottle as you look as as long as you're really putting moisture back into the skin i mean a lot of women do uh, most women that i know spend more time obviously maybe at night doing a routine because they're coming home or or they've gone out for dinner or something and and they're taking off the makeup, which which kind of requires a skincare routine. You know, you might double cleanse and then do your night serums and everything. So in the morning, they're kind of like, well, I did all that last night. My skin's all serumed and moisturised from last night. But during the night, your skin can definitely lose uh, moisture. Now, recently, we've had a very weird winter here in Sydney with La Nina. Um, and I went to a event recently where a dermatologist was saying that um, dermatitis has been the highest he's ever seen. And a lot of skin conditions have come up this winter because of so much heating. Now, the temperature, I don't think, in Sydney was as cold as other um, seasons or winters, but the heating, the indoor heating is so drying for skin. So dry. So if you don't re-moisturise and do at least something to moisturise your skin before foundation going on, your foundation is the only kind of liquidy texture on the skin. It's just going to suck it in. Yes. So it might look a little bit drier than it should, it definitely won't last as long because your skin will start eating the product because it's desperate for moisture. Mm. And then you'll you come to like midday and go, oh, gee, half my foundation's not there or my skin's a bit pink because the coverage is gone. Yeah. So you need to put that moisture back on to create that kind of, you know, balance, that hydrating balance, and then your moisturiser over the top. I think primers as well is amazing. These days there's so many blur primers. That word blur is in so many primers. I've got one. Um, what does it mean? What does blur mean? Blurring kind 
kind of is like a filter for your oh, face. Okay. So it's like when we use our um, Instagram stories and everyone loves the Paris filter because it kind of blurs us out and we looks look fabulous. Better. Yeah. So it's kind of like that because priming used to be more, I would say, for oily skins and breakout. Yeah. Kind of those silicon ones that kind of fill in any little acne scarring or pores and things like that. Now we, we can use them for dry skin, sensitive skin, all skin types really. If it has the word blurring in it, it just kind of smooths everything out a bit, whether it's a pore, a line, you kind of uneven skin, and that really makes foundation look much more flawless. What about social media? We, you mentioned it early on. How has that impacted what you do, Michael? Like if you think about the last 10 years. I mean, I'm very happy with my career. There's definitely no regrets. There's, you know, positivity there definitely. But I go, God, imagine when I was like working in the retail stores or doing little jobs back then if I had social media to kind of promote, you know, and kind of put my work on on a platform like that because it's kind of there forever. It's like a portfolio. Yeah. Now it's like, have you got a business card? I'm like, just go to my Instagram. It's all there. You can see makeup I've done, hair I've done, skin I've done, TV I've done. It's all there. It's like a business card now and it's like a portfolio. So as a business owner, it's an amazing tool. But, yes, you do have to realise that a lot of social media isn't really real life. And I think when you're smart enough to understand that and take it for what it is and have, have aspiration and go, oh, look at that person, they're on holiday, or oh, look at that makeup look, how fabulous, or look at their lifestyle, just know that probably 20% of it is a little bit, you know, filtered or fake or, you mm. know, and that's just how it is. But I think in my world, I wish I had it when I was younger. Just to learn more. Yes. In terms of posting, I know a lot of my celebrity clients who have, you know, some of them like, you know, Miranda Kerr, I've done her makeup so many times. She has like 12 million followers, you know. And whenever any of my top clients post a very polished, professional-looking photo, maybe it's from a magazine shoot or a campaign they've been done, it's a beautiful image. They post it and they go, oh, look at that. It's going to get all the likes. Not really. The minute they post something behind the scenes that's not as, you know, polished and it could be them almost in the makeup chair getting ready or like backstage at a fashion show or that kind of stuff, oh, my God, the engagement is through the roof. People are now for the first time in the last say, five, ten years, are seeing what happens behind the scenes. Mm. Even like something like Met Gala, for example, that's a great example. Yeah. We're more interested in how they get ready Yes. and what are they doing to get ready. Are they in a hotel room? Who's doing their makeup? Who's styling them? And in the car, on the way to that, to that stairs, rather than the photo that comes out from that photo. The red carpet picture, yeah. yes. Much we more interesting. We all want to be behind the scenes. Yes. And I've noticed a massive shift in people's career choices. Makeup artists, stylists, they think it's so glamorous. I want to be a stylist of the stars. Makeup artist of the stars. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's, it, it takes a lot to get to that point, you know? Absolutely. But, but people see it on social media and go, how glamorous. It's not always the case. No, I'm <laughs> sure there's a lot of hard work that yeah. sits behind all of that. Yeah. So, Michael, thinking of the beautiful women that listen to this podcast, what would be... This is such an easy question for you. <laughs> but what would be your three fave products for the moment? And just thinking about mm. them in the sense that 
pulling off a professional, yeah. you know, sort of made-up look. You know, one thing I always say is you don't have to cover your whole face with foundation. If if your skin is great or you're not really a makeup wearer but you want to look fresh and whatever, it's all about the eyes really. So when you wake up in the morning, the first thing people do is kind of look in the mirror and go, oh, dark circle, oh, pigmentation, oh, there could be a pimple or something like that. And then they automatically just... And I don't know why they have to cover the whole face the same. So pinpoint areas that are of a concern. For me, it's always dark circles, so I kind of cover there first. But I don't really put foundation on the rest of my face, you know what I mean? And so same with women. Yes, you might want to wear a lipstick and a brow and a blush, but you sort of have to cover the whole face. So cover what you need to and then work from there. So that could be only a minute in the, in the bathroom in the morning. A full foundation can take up to five minutes, so you're saving time. A really good concealer is more beneficial than a proper foundation, to be honest. Um, also brows. Mm, brows is something that people don't address enough, I feel, whether they don't uh, – I'm not talking about shaping here because most women shape them or, let, you know, have a nice arch or whatever. It's more about the makeup that goes on. Even just brushing them up can make a huge difference. Mm. The illusion of the hairs going upwards lifts the whole eye because it takes the eye line up. So if you brush them up or use one of those brow products, like a brow mascara that has colour in it, use that, so a bit of density, and brush them up. That is so much more uplifting and um, anti-ageing than leaving them bare. Yes, okay. And then, of course, a lip colour. You can never go... I mean, your lip colour today is fabulous. Like, it's like a watermelon-y kind of colour. And, you know, something to brighten the face, something to freshen it up, and then use the same, like, excess of it on the cheek, and you're kind of done. A bit of concealer to kind of take away, a bit of redness, a bit of dark circle, brush up the brows, maybe some mascara, and then use your lipstick and use the excess as a bit of a blush, and you are literally done. That's like four products, probably five, six minutes, beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I love that. What concealer do you think is super duper? I've heard you talk about the, is it the Huda? My absolute go-to that's been in my kit now a while is the Bye Bye Under Eye It Cosmetics. It Cosmetics in Australia, you can only buy that at Sephora, so online or in store, but it's just the best. Like, it, it, it looks like when you first put it on your hand from the tube, some people out there might go, oh, this looks like it's quite a full coverage. It is, but what I like about it is I can use it on one spot on someone or pigmentation or even under the eye area with a beauty blender or even a brush. You can buff it out really well. It's got enough moisture in there that it's not cakey. It will blend, and that's the thing with concealers. Some just are like a blob and go cover, yep. but you can tell you've covered that one circle. Yes. It needs to blend out and buff out to nothing, and Bye Bye Under Eye is brilliant. I love the um, the products that I use, the Kevin Aquan um, brow oh, pencil. Yeah. Brows really are anti-aging. Like, I think a lot of people need to, uh, you know, look at their brows more. I find that with a lot of clients, they go, oh, sorry about my brows, they're so thin, can you do something? And yes, you can do little feathery strokes and kind of make hair-like strokes to fill them up, you don't obviously use the pencil and use one big line. You kind of feather them to make those hair-like strokes. Now there's even brow pens. I think it's Anast- um, Anastasia. Anastasia Beverly Hills Anastasia. has a beautiful brow pen that you can actually literally draw super, super fine hair-like strokes to create that fullness in your brow. Mm. But when someone has a fuller brow, it literally frames their face. You brush the hairs up to give that illusion of lift and it really is anti-aging. 
If this episode or the show in general has helped you or supported you in any way, I would so appreciate it if you would write us a short review. It really does help the show climb the ratings and expose the show to other women wanting to progress their careers. Just a few words or sentences, hopefully favourable, on what you enjoyed about the podcast. Thank you so much. I do get, oh, but how do I look like that? Cel- oh, you do Veronica, like her skin or Jacinta or De- like all those women. I w- well, it does take time. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they don't just wake it's up. It's a and, commitment. Yeah. Like I know that all my clients, like even Miranda, you know, she has her own skincare line. So she's obviously very invested in her skin and her look. And she's, you know, very into the wellness kind of community of, of beauty as well. And even when I do her makeup, she, she's almost walking towards me you know, already applying creams and she has a gua sha tool firming her skin, you know, and then I, and then sits in my chair, then I kind of almost do it again, you know, with my pro. So it's not like she, they just wake up and put a bit of concealer on and walk out the door. Like yeah. it, it, it is a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and these women are being paid to look fabulous and their face sometimes is their moneymaker. So some of them are, you know, sleeping on silk pillowcases, for example, or, yes. you know, that they are using eye roller tools to get rid of puffiness. You know, they, they really invest. Yeah, yeah. It's good to know. Not money, money, but in, in, in time. In yes, time, yeah. yes. And what about you, Michael? You always look fantastic. I think <laughs> you're like you. a fine wine. You're oh, getting better with you. age. What, what's your routine? Like, I know you love your exercise. Yeah. Like, that's a super important thing. I yeah. recently heard on the podcast you love your Vita Glow. Yeah, the Vita Glow collagen. collagen. Yeah, mm. that's only, well, I've been probably a year and a half, I would say. I've, I've added that into my uh, routine. I never really believed in those collagen drinks or powders or whatever. So I was like, how is that going to really help? But I guess when you understand it more and, you know, it, it's ingested into the bloodstream so it kind of gets results quicker and look it's going to go into your all of your skin is going to improve not just around the eyes or the face where Mm. you want it to go it's all of your skin but that's great I just have more knowledge now I guess and you know even doing the podcast my co-host Alicia is great and I've learned a lot from her she's very technical about skin and ingredients and technologies uh, more than I am and just things like you know the LED light therapy using an eye roller when my skin gets a bit puffy especially under the eyes just just more knowledge I guess but yeah, just take the time. Take the time. Yeah. Well, you have a very busy schedule, so you would have to be very conscious managing yourself in that way just to yeah. make sure that, you know what I mean, you do have that space to um, to relax, yeah. recalibrate yeah. before you get that high energy back in there again. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I've always, I've definitely always had the high, the high energy. I think exercising and getting outdoors as much as you can, it just kind of, kind of inspires you a bit, you know, like... There's some mornings where I go, oh, damn, I can't even go to, you know, a run this morning or the gym because, like, this morning I had to get up at 4.45 a.m. and it was raining. So I was like, well, I'm not going to go for a run then. So today I'm like, oh, well, I can have an off day, but I might have an afternoon walk or something just to kind of balance just it out. Just to move you know? the body, yeah. And I'm not going to go for a run, but I'll do a walk instead. You know, just keep active, I think. Yes. Um, and just be knowledgeable about you know, new trends and new things out there. There's so much you can do for your skin that isn't really much time or effort that can actually make a big difference. Yeah, it's moving at a tremendous pace. Yeah. Michael, thank you so much. Thank it has you. been so much fun and such a pleasure. And I feel like I need to go revisit the beauty cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And approach lots of great tips. Thank so you so thank much you. for having me. Pleasure. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I would love to give you something for free to help you with your career right now. If you look in the show description, there's a link there to my free 16-page guide on how to make your value visible at work. In this guide, I share three strategies to amplify your accomplishments at work and some practical ways to boost self-confidence. The insights and the tips in this guide are the same I share with my one-on-one coaching clients inside the RISE program. If you would like to access this guide, click in the link in the description or go to yourbrilliantcareer.com.au forward slash free dash guide. See you soon.